he's raw. He's raw and he's fearless. And his music is like, it's, it's confusing. <laughs> but it makes perfect sense at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I think about it, I think about artists like in particular, like his peers mm-hmm. that came up around the same time and they're extremely talented in their own right mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But I don't think that they could take the risk that D has taken with right. his music. Right. And I think that if they tried, it wouldn't sound as good. Okay. And even though there, there's a lot of flaws in D'Angelo's music, I think the flaws is what, is what makes it special. Mm-hmm. But if somebody else tried it, the flaws would make it unlistenable. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And D doesn't have that that issue. Yo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. We're going to talk about two incredible albums, Brown Sugar and Voodoo, both from D'Angelo. And we're going to try to figure out which one is better. And I've got a special co-host coming through live from the 215, my homegirl, Janae. So sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. We're going to drop the theme music and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. As I mentioned in the intro, man, we're going to be talking about two incredible albums, uh, Brown Sugar and Voodoo from D'Angelo. Uh, if you uh, you know have not heard these albums, make sure that, and I don't know how at this point you haven't heard them, but if you haven't, make sure that you go back and listen to them after you listen to this podcast. Uh, But as I mentioned in the intro, man, we're going to go back and forth and kind of get a definitive answer as to which album was better. And uh, as I mentioned in the intro, I got a special co-host, man. My co-host is no stranger to me. Uh, I've been rocking with this young lady for a few years now. We go we go back like uh, we go back like Stephen A. Smith's hairline, man. (laughs) (laughs) She is from Philadelphia, uh, cooling in a fan. Uh, she was once, she once, she actually holds the record for scoring six touchdowns in a quarter for West Oak Lane back in the day. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my homegirl, Janae. Janae, what up? Janae, a.k.a. Sweet Feet, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's good? What's good? What's poppin', Kyle? What's poppin'? Hey, you did your thing for West Oak Lane. <laughs> hey, you know what? Even though I'm from, even though I'm from Alney. I put off for West Oak Lane. There you go. There you go. You know what I'm talking about? There you go. I got family out there. I got family out there. My air conditioning ain't too loud, is it? No, 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 no. I don't hear nothing. Okay. (laughs) This joint loud in here. Oh, man. See, she already hit us with a joint. So you know she's feeling it. Oh, God. (laughs) 
I don't even realize I'd be saying it. Like, I don't even realize. Hey, that just makes it authentic. That's all. <laughs> I didn't know Philly had an accent until like two, three years ago. Man, let me tell you something. Philly has an accent. Uh, Philly has a very distinct accent. I'll put it like that. So you can I, always tell somebody from Philly. Always. I, I did not know words. that until so many people brought it out. Like yes. when I travel and I talk, people are like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Philly. And they were like... I knew you had to be from. I knew you weren't from around here. I, I could tell you got that Philly accent. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know what's cool what for that? me? Like, sometimes I listen to different podcasts and stuff, and sometimes it's particularly if I'm listening to a new podcast and uh, hearing people talk and like, I automatically try to guess like where they're from. And like, I remember the first time I listened to uh, a new podcast I'm listening to uh, called "We Did That Shit." Uh, shout out to Bibi uh, and Ma- uh, Maya. Um, it's I knew you know I knew they were from that area, but like once once I heard them talk, I was like, oh yeah, they're from Philly. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to say a word. I mean, like once you hear a couple of words, you know somewhere somebody's from. But um, but yeah, man, glad to have you on the podcast, man. We're like I'm we, so we go way back. Happy to be here, absolutely. I, I love the podcast. I love dead end sports. I love dead end hip hop. All that. Yeah. She, so oh yeah, I'm, she I'm used very, to really ride for us at Dead End Sports. Very, <laughs> I am very happy to be here. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um, so let's get to it, man. Uh, D'Angelo, man, this this dude broke onto the scene back in 1995. Um, what was your your first memories of D'Angelo, and 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 what did you think like when you first heard him and when you first saw him? Okay, so for people listening, just to give you good, give you guys a good perspective, I was born in October of '89. Okay, now she's making me feel old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when D'Angelo dropped, I was five, going on six years old. Are you old. serious? Yes. Wow, now I really feel old because <laughs> I was in college. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> but like my whole childhood, all I did was eat. And watch music videos. Okay. So my first memories of D'Angelo was watching him on BET, Video Soul and all that. And my first thoughts of him was like, wow, he's really beautiful. <laughs> like, he's just really nice to look at. Uh-huh. And then second, I just love the way he sounded, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, at five years old, you, you don't know why you like a song. You, right. you can't. You don't. You're not. You don't. You're not developed enough to know. Well, I like the guitar. I like the way he, uh, the way his voice goes up and yada yada yada. You don't really know all that. You just know that you like the way the songs come together. Mm-hmm. You know. So, those are my uh, memories of D'Angelo. I remember my mom driving me to school, and Brown Sugar playing on the radio, <laughs> and we just blasted it in the car, and. I had no business singing that song. Right. <laughs> no business singing that song. You need to talk to your mama after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I, but I sing it all like Brown Sugar, Leno's Dreaming Eyes of Mine. For the longest time, mm-hmm. his version of Cruising was my favorite version. Like, I love that more than I love Smokey. Like, don't, okay. don't crucify me. But <laughs> I do too. I do too. Cruising was my favorite D'Angelo song for a very long time, so I, I just I just love D'Angelo from day one. Okay, okay. So so since you were that young, I'm assuming that you got a a, a deeper appreciation into his music uh, as you got older. 
yeah, as I got older. Like when I was younger, my dad brought the CDs, so I remember uh, stealing my dad's CDs all the time as a child and just listening to D'Angelo, Troop, <laughs> Aaron Hall. Oh, shit. Shout out to your daddy. Guy, all that stuff. All New Jack okay. Sweet, all that. So you so you have what, what, what people in the South call an old soul. I've always been old. Okay. They called me okay. grandma in high school. What? Yes. You know, when we had, you know, there's like packs and clicks mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. I was the mother of the group. Wow. Yeah. Now, for the record, ladies and gentlemen that don't know Janae, Janae is a huge Trey Songs fan. So she. Colossal. She, <laughs> she is a. In fact, I don't know. There might be a Trey Songs podcast, and but I probably will only have like two words, you know, if I if I have her on the <laughs> podcast, because she could go on and on and on about Trey Songs. So she has an old soul, but she definitely appreciates the newer stuff too, as well. So don't get it twisted. Yeah. Um, let me see. My first memories of hearing D'Angelo um, much like yours well I, again I was a little older because <laughs> I was mm-hmm. uh, 1995 when D'Angelo came out I was in college um, just about to graduate and um, I remember seeing uh, I think my first I think the first time that I heard uh, D'Angelo was Brown Sugar and I heard it on the radio and it was one of those situations where uh, you know you hear music on the radio where you hear it, but the DJ doesn't tell you who it is that's singing. You know, so he it was the song. so I heard maybe about midpoint of the song, and you know, it went on to the next song. You know, I was like, all right, whatever. And so then, maybe about a week or so later, I saw the video for Brown Sugar. I think it was it was either Brown Sugar or Cruise. I can't remember. I think it was Brown Sugar because I think that was the first song. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw the video, and I was like, okay. I was like this this kind of smooth right yeah it was it was uh brown sugar because that was the first song the first song was released um was uh brown sugar it was released june 13th in 1995 so yeah, it had to been brown sugar so i remember seeing the video and i remember seeing this dude he said you know he's in this little uh club elevator yeah you know everything he got the elevator he's got this big jacket he got the on. old head talking to yeah, him he got the old head talking to him give him some game and i'm like okay okay and you know he looked relatively young he looked as young as i was at the time mm-hmm. and um but he had this voice and i was like okay this dude is kind of he, he's kind of going there and um you Make know, my, you, yeah, you know i was like okay this is kind of tight and and to be honest like when i saw the video i really wasn't paying attention to the song so it took me some time before i really even got into the uh got into to the song but those are my um my first memories of D'Angelo, I, he, he was this guy, like I said, you know, cornrows, you know, he had this big jacket on, baggy clothes. You know, he he looked like, you know, everybody else from our generation. But um, and again, I didn't know how old he was or anything like that because he was actually 21 when this album came out. But mm-hmm. uh, those are my initial thoughts on D'Angelo. I was just I was really kind of uh, impressed with him and his style uh, just in the little bit that I saw. You know, from from that perspective, from you know watching him in the video, but um, you know you could kind of tell even then that there was something different. I can't really special. say that. Yeah, yeah, you could tell. You could definitely tell that there was something special about him. Um, which leads me to my next question: uh, What makes, in your opinion, what what do you think makes D'Angelo so special and unique as an artist? He's raw. He's raw and he's fearless. And his music is like 
it's, it's confusing. <laughs> but it makes perfect sense at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I think about it, I think about artists like in particular, like his peers mm-hmm. that came up around the same time and they're extremely talented in their own right. Mm-hmm. And, and things like that, but I don't think that they could take the risk that D has taken with his music. Right. And I think that if they tried, it wouldn't sound as good. Okay. And even though there's a lot of flaws in D'Angelo's music, I think the flaws is what what makes it special. Mm -hmm. But if somebody else tried it, the flaws would make it unlistenable. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. I'm saying, and D doesn't have that that issue like if, if I think about if Maxwell tried to do what Dean tried to do <laughs> or, or good luck like, buddy <laughs> or even like a, who Anthony Hamilton even though Anthony Hamilton was, was his backup singer mm-hmm. at one point you know if they tried to do what D'Angelo does it wouldn't have that same magic also uh, what I think makes him special is like all the instruments he plays the way he uses his voices and like when he in his music, you could hear his influences. Mm-hmm. You could tell who he's influenced by, but it doesn't sound like he's biting. Oh, facts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like for example, his cover of uh, "She's Always in My Hair." Oh, God. I know that <laughs> I know that I didn't realize that that was a Prince sample until after I heard it. Right. Right. And, but while I was listening to the song, I was like, wow, like I could hear Prince in this, not knowing <laughs> that it was. <laughs> so, like, D'Angelo is extremely influenced by Prince and Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and Sam Cooke and all that, but it's, it doesn't sound like he's imitating them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I agree a thousand percent. Um, man, what makes him special and unique, I think, one is the ability to play and to sing. Um, which, you know, in in his time and the time when he came out and, you know, the time prior to that, you know, that was it wasn't a novelty. I mean, it was just what you did. You played and you could sing, um, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to nowadays where, you know, a lot of artists can't they can either play or they can sing and they can't do both. Um, so he just he really was a, uh, you know, an artist, artist, if you will, um, much like you. I agree. I his influence you could you could definitely hear his influences um from prince to marvin gay to you know sliding the family stone to mm-hmm. uh curtis mayfield um you know he really really did a great job of you know showing that influence but again like you said not biting their style or anything like that i mean like there there are a lot of songs that you can listen to from the from d'angelo and particularly now that prince is gone you can hear the influence. You can I still hear the, refuse to accept that Prince is gone. I, he, it's hard. You know, the way I look at it, <laughs> he just went in that elevator and was like, beam me up, Scotty. And he just went to Venus. Wow. I, you know like, what? I, and I'm a just, huge Prince fan, too. I it, I just it, refuse to accept it. I love, and even to this day, I still love listening to his music. And it's just like, you, there's something just tugging on you like, nah, he ain't gone. He'll, no, he'll, he'll no, be I, back. You know, like, and, and you know in your mind that he's not, but it's just like you still right, like, feel his music. And Absolutely. Like, and in it, my heart, oh, Tupac no is in Cuba and <laughs> is, in, is in Venus. Yep. Not Cuba. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, um, 
D'Angelo, like I said, his influences, you know, Prince in particular with the falsetto, uh, which yeah. I think, and that's the thing that also really stood out to me and made D'Angelo so unique is that at that time in, in the, in the mid nineties, um, no male <laughs> was singing with that kind of falsetto because the thing about it was, is that back in those days, and I hate saying back in those days, it makes me sound old, <laughs> but in, in, in the nineties in particular, if you sounded like that on record, you had to sound like that live. So right. you, know, you didn't really want to go into the studio and make music or make a sound that you couldn't duplicate on, you know, on record that you couldn't duplicate live when you when you're performing. So, you know, he took risk as far as, like you said, making that kind of music and then, you know, singing in that falsetto, knowing that, OK, you know, I'm going to have to duplicate this when it's time for me to perform and knowing that, hey, I have the confidence that, oh, that won't be a problem at all, you know, because I'm D'Angelo. So I, I think that was one of the things that made him unique. I think. Obviously, you know, it goes without saying, you know, the elephant in the room, uh, you know, D'Angelo's sex appeal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't sexually, he wasn't sex appealing to me, but, you know. <laughs> but, I was. Yeah. He, but, he uh, took the job in my jubilee. <laughs> stupid. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, from, you know, his uh, transformation, if you will, you know, you go back to the, uh, the, the the brown sugar video to even the the lady remix video you know he's behind the piano he's got this he got the jet. marvin gay yeah. photo on exactly yeah you know he's chilling or whatever then you know second album comes out this dude he didn't went got like a whole new body he you got know? on pocahontas cocoa and pants oh, and then, with then, the feathers right looks right. like he in a zulu nation and then, <laughs> that, you know and then of course that shit freaked me out i'm like what the fuck? <laughs> And then, of course, the untitled video, uh, which was crazy in and of itself. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that was it, obviously it took, it took me a minute to appreciate that video, too, because when that came out, I was 10. Oh, ooh, ooh, yeah. You should yeah. be watching that video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the ones where you watch like BT Uncut. And right. You got a TV on real, real low. Right. And then you put your head real close to the television. But then, like, you got to look up at the television and then keep your ear to the speaker, but then look mm. up at the television so See. you can watch and listen at the same time. See, she's telling on herself, y'all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm damn near 30. I can't get no whooping no more. There you go. There you go. Um, but, yeah, I, I think those are some of the things that made him unique. And, you know, obviously in his music, he, you know, he pays homage to those greats that came before him. Uh, like I said, and James Brown is another one, too. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think those are some of the things. He was... He was kind of like a throwback, if you will, before throwbacks were popular. Uh, I right. guess that's the best way that I could, I could really describe it. Um, so now we fast forward to, you know, 1995. Uh, the Brown Sugar album comes out. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm sure you probably got <laughs> this album much later. But um, Brown Sugar made it obviously made its debut July 4th, 1995. Um, you know, I, I don't really talk about statistics, but I mean, this album sold very well. It went platinum, uh, spent 65 weeks on Billboard, four Grammy nominations. Um, I think it was 96 male R&B best performance, best R&B song it was nominated for best R&B album. Lady was nominated for uh a 1997 Grammy uh, Best Male R&B Vocal Performance. Um, 
you know, so this album had its accolades, if you will. Uh, but this album really, really blew people away, to be honest. I'm, I'm just going to keep it a buck. People who, for one, didn't see it coming. Uh, and, you know, I'll get more into the track since I'll actually be, you know, defending this album, if you will. Um, but, yeah, so let's talk about the tracks, man. What are some of your favorite tracks on this album and why? Okay, so it would be a cop-out to say the whole album is right? <laughs> Well, you know what? To be honest, since you're talking to another fan, it wouldn't be, but yeah. Okay, but, you know, just, the, just the straight up answer the question, I'm going to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Okay, my favorite is When We Get By. Okay, okay. That, that's my most favorite. Okay, I so love- why why do you love When, when, when We Get By? It's jazzy. Mm-hmm. And, and when I listen to it, I feel like I'm in a, a smoky jazz club. Okay. And I feel like I feel like, you know, Ella Fitzgerald is singing or something. Or like, you know, Count Basie about to come out or something. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, I feel I feel like I should, you know, wear like one of those those jazzy, you know, dresses they used to wear back in the day with the hats tilted to the side and go. I got there you my, go. Got nice fedora. Hair, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and the feathers sticking out, just real sassy, you know smoking cigarette ain't got no stockings on just like real <laughs> it's just uh, it just gives it just give me it, it gives me the air that era mm-hmm. you know what I'm and his voice is so smooth and it, it just rise the groove and it just feels it's so perfect it's just it's the perfect song so that's my most favorite okay okay then we got all right yes, yes. i love i love the bass line i love the groove it's, it's just like the, the the chorus, the alright. Oh, don't get me to I apologize. It's okay. Oh, listening. I I apologize sincerely for that. <laughs> I just love that the the churchy uh, right. feel he put into it. Yes. Uh, of course, me and those dreaming eyes of mine. There's nothing mm-hmm. bad to say about that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, cruising, which I said earlier was my favorite uh, D'Angelo song for a long time. Then there's Lady. Uh, that song just uh, gives me the strongest memories of my childhood. Listening to that song, okay. you know, and how how I want I want a man to feel that way about me, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't think I don't see them looking at you, <laughs> all of them wishing they could have you. Matter of fact, punching them at your foot, you to scratch them, and I'm tired of how what we feel, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I, I'm going to make it known because I want them to know. Right. You Molly, you know, shorty, shorty with the finger waves. That's me, bro. That I want I want a man to feel that way about me. I like that. <laughs> right. And, you know, you got Raphael Sadiq in the video and it's just a perfect song. I love the remix and AZ shouting out nine six. Like it was just it was just everything. Like the whole album is perfect. But those those are my my favorites that I oh. can just. No doubt, no doubt. I think, um, man, you you listed some great ones. Uh, much like you, it, it, it's it's hard when you think about it because you. Oh, it, it, and don't forget shit, damn <laughs> motherfucker! Oh, oh! I was like, oh, get him, Dean, get him. Have you a question? Have you ever heard that song performed live? Shit, damn motherfucker! Have I ever heard it live? Have you ever heard him perform it live? I haven't. And I've seen D'Angelo live, but I kind of feel a little cheated because I've seen him one time, but it was at Made in America. It was the okay. very first 
It was the very first May in America. And he mostly performed new songs. Okay. He didn't really do any too much of the older songs. Okay. I do that. Listen. That song live is crazy. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I'm lying. I think I, I think I saw him perform it when like he was on the voodoo. uh, Okay. He was on the the voodoo tour, I guess you could call it. Mm -hmm. And I think he kind of rocked it out a bit. Yes. Yes. They, it's, he changes it to a rock version and it is, it is so, it's so much energy. Like I thought I was watching like, cause it, it starts off real smooth and then it goes into like this real rock hard performance. And it it is bananas, and like he ended up like just wilding on stage, wilding smashing out. a good guitar, yeah. and again, and that's what makes him, that's what separates him from his peers. Right. I am sleeping with my woman. Why? I am sleeping with my woman. Storms are for surprise. I just can't believe my Cause I don't see anybody else doing it. Like, oh, no. okay, like Jill Scott, she she has a rock version of "Is It the Way." Okay, but it's like it's it's smooth, but it's like it's still rock and soulful and powerful. So she she takes those kind of risks, and it works for her too. But outside of Jill, I don't really see anybody else doing what D does. Shout like, out to Jill from Philly. I love Jill all love the time. Love you some oh, sister number one. Yes. Um. Oh my gosh. Um. I man, I can get off on a whole another tangent talking about you. <laughs> uh, favorite songs. Wow. Um. I would have to say if I had to pick one favorite song, if I had to pick one, it'd probably be smooth. Yeah. Uh, smooth is my joint. Yes. Um. Smooth and, and it, you know what's funny, Janae? Like when I think about this album uh i think with it being 10 songs if if i think if you ask you know 20 people you know you might get, you might get 20 different answers like it's mm-hmm. just like it's crazy because like there's so much to like about each song like you said you you could cheat and just say you know i love every song on it. i mean well we do love every song on the album but yeah um yeah for me smooth um, that's probably my favorite. Like if I had to, like that song always makes me smile, always puts me in a good mood. Um, you know, and on the song, D'Angelo is just talking about how smooth this woman is and how she's mesmerized. And, um, you know, as a fella, you know, the fellas, we know, we, we want to feel like that, you know? So it's, it's, it's an incredible song. The, the piano riff is crazy. I, every time I listen oh to it, God. like I want to, like my kids are taking piano lessons now and I want to learn. I'm thinking about taking piano lessons 
just so that I can learn how to play that on the piano. <laughs> and I like I'll quit after that. I don't need no more lessons. Once I, I figure out how to play that song, how to play smooth, you have solved life. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I wanted. And you know, I might not even take a lesson. I might just sit down because we just bought a piano. I might just sit down at the piano one day and just try to learn it myself. Um, but yeah, I love smooth. Um, that's yeah, that's probably my favorite favorite. Uh, if I had to pick next, I'd probably go shit, brown sugar. Um, I mean. What, what else can you say about a guy, you know, singing the weed, you know? <laughs> I was just about to ask you. I was just about to ask you. I was like, do you think it's a song, is the song about a woman's brown sugar or is this nigga talking about weed? Well, you know what? It, it, that Again, that's your interpretation. You know, much like, um, you know, when Rick James did Mary Jane back, and now, now <laughs> going back to childhood, that's a song from my childhood wherein I was walking around the house singing... I'm in love with Mary Jane. She's my main thing. She makes me feel all right. She makes my heart sing. You were and, thinking about candy, wasn't you? Yeah, and, and like my <laughs> parents never stopped me to be like, nah, man, you, he's talking about weed. He's talking about drugs. You can't be, you know, you can't be singing it. But that was mm-hmm. like, I mean, Rick James, you know, was one of the guys that I actually loved listening to. So, and his music got a lot of play in my house. So, <laughs> no, that made it even funnier. Uh, but yeah, I think um, the song is about weed but he it's a double entendre so you can everything that he's saying you could really apply it to a woman so you know you can ask some people and there's probably some people listening to this podcast they'll say no it's about a woman and then you'll have some say no it's about marijuana so you know it really just depends on who you ask my interpretation is is that it is of a woman about a woman but um I, yeah i would probably say that's probably my second and then if there had to be a third that's tough. I probably go with Jones in my bones, um, because okay. the the way that it flows, it's just it's got that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just got that vibe to it, man. So, yeah, those are probably my top three. But full disclosure for those of you listening, when I listen to this album. I listen to it all the way through. There's no skips on this album for me. So I don't know about anybody listening, but, you know, there, there's nothing that really that I did, you know, that I, well, I'm like, OK, I don't want to hear this. I, I literally when I sit down and listen to this album, um, it's all the time. Uh, so conversely, are there any tracks on the album that you don't like? If so, tell us why. Songs. I, there's not a song on there that I don't like. Mm hmm. What I will say is there's songs that I could like do without. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. One would be Jones in my bones. Okay. I love that song. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love that song, but it's not my go-to. Like if I was to uh, play Brown Sugar on a shuffle, that's not the first song I would go to. Gotcha. Right. Is that in higher? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Even, um, there's no good reason why I would quote unquote don't like it. Cause I do like it. It's just that every song on there is amazing. It's just that those two songs, it don't hit me the way the other songs do. Okay. You know Fair what I'm enough. saying? So I don't, I don't skip them. I don't skip them, but I, I don't I don't get into a rush to play them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, right. You know what? I will have to agree with you. Higher is probably, honestly, higher probably up until about two years ago. I really didn't play it that much. Um, mm-hmm. 
And but I will say this much, and, and if you're familiar with D'Angelo and his background, D'Angelo grew up and it's I think his pastor, his, his dad was a pastor in Pentecostal church. Yeah, his so, dad, his uncle, all of oh them. Oh my gosh. So you he know, said his mom couldn't wear skirts. Oh wow. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and he grew up playing and singing in the church, which is evident. I mean, like you you can listen to D'Angelo's song and you can hear the church influences. And so I, I remember him saying that, um, you know, one of the things that he was warned uh, when he, even as a young, cause he started at five, right? That's crazy mm-hmm. when you think about it. But one of his, you know, one of the things that he used to, he would hear often in church is that, you know, people would tell him like, don't let your talents go to the side of music where, you know, you know the the devil side if you will so any mm-hmm. singing about anything other than god and the church was considered devilish and you know he was they they really warned him against doing that and you know he was almost like he was forbidden to do it he i never really heard him talk about how they felt about it once he really got fully ingrained into the music that he ultimately ended up doing but um but yeah his family his you know parents in particular you know they he came up in such a religious, you know, preacher's kids are all, <laughs> always I've the bad stories. ones. <laughs> I've heard stories. <laughs> always I've the bad heard. ones. So, um, so anyway, make a long story short, uh, higher for me, I think I get it now. I don't think I got it back in 95. I get I it now. So I, 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 <laughs> so I understand it. Uh, it's not a track that I dislike. I would probably say it's my least favorite track on the album, but I exactly. still love it. And I still listen right. to it. And it, it's still, you can hear the gospel influences and, you know, where his background and everything, you can hear all of that on that track. So I, I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, now, we fast forward some years past, you know, D'Angelo, you know, went on the tour. And I think when I saw him perform, he was on the Brown Sugar Tour. Yeah, he had, he had to admit because that's all he had out. Um and then 2000 D'Angelo comes out with Voodoo um, January 25th 2000 uh, to be exact um, you know he did this album this album came out and it had you know commercial success critical success uh, you know this album was an album that really vaulted D'Angelo if you will to you know superstar status I mean not to say he wasn't a superstar you know before then but um you know, this album really, really took off. And I don't even know, looking back on it now, I don't even know if D'Angelo knew that it would have the success that it did. He wasn't ready. Yeah, he, yeah he, I don't think so either. That's why it took him 15 years to come out again. He wasn't ready. <laughs> Shit uh, freaked him out. He wasn't ready. Yeah, yeah he, he couldn't He's like, fuck that. I'm going to the woods. I'm going to get fat. <laughs> I'm going to get on drugs. I'm going to get on, do you know what? Everything. Do a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, so it, it took him a while. But this album was phenomenal. Again, a masterpiece, and we'll talk more, a little bit more about it in detail in just a few. But um, let's start right there, man. The tracks. Uh, what are some of your favorite tracks and why on this album? Hands down, my favorite song is Spanish Joint. <sighs> yes. It's a that song is genius. The instrumentation, the mm. vocals, the background vocals in particular. Like the song just it, it makes me want to learn how to play an upright bass. Like it makes mm. me want to learn instruments. You know, it gives me happy feet. Like I can't explain it. Like I can't sit still if I'm listening to it at work. I'm jiggling at my desk. Mm. And don't ask me why. Just listen to the song and you'll know. 
<laughs> and like the, the different phases that it takes you through throughout the song, like the way he takes it up, you know, towards the end, and then like the the break, you know, where it's just the instruments going off. That's that's my favorite song. Mm. Okay. Then then after that, it send it on. Yes, yes, yes. That song makes me fertile. I got. <laughs> Not fertile. <laughs> it makes me fertile. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I like I actually like it. I think it's sexier than untitled. But mm-hmm. again, it's just my little opinion. It's smooth. It it, it reminds me more of brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Like that song could fit on that album because nothing on Voodoo sounds even close to brown sugar. But right. if I could like put a song yes. from Voodoo on Brown Sugar, mm-hmm. I think Send It On would have a better fit perfect sense you know and uh this this is one of the okay i didn't appreciate voodoo until i was grown Mm, understood understood like when voodoo came out again i was 10 i was used to d'angelo with the braids the marvin Gaye leather jacket Mm -hmm. you know just smooth you know look like the regular dudes on my block you know, look like my next door neighbor, Mr. Tim. Like he just <laughs> shout out to Mr. Tim. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Mr. Tim. Like he, it was just normal. And then he comes out in 2000, and I see him in these Pocahontas cocoa pants, and it freaks me out. Mm. And I didn't really, I couldn't, I couldn't appreciate the music for what I was seeing. Okay, but again, I was 10. So when I got older and I listened to to the voodoo again as an adult it just made me appreciate it but when i was 10 send it on was still a song that i liked Mm -hmm. you know before i actually appreciated voodoo as an album Mm. if if that makes oh it makes total sense makes total sense yes i've I've always loved send it on since day one uh then after that is one more again that song makes me cry what i it, it strikes me in the feels and I, I can't explain why because I've never been through that emotion because I'm low-key heartless <laughs> <laughs> low-key so heartless I, 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 I gotta use that yeah I'm low-key heartless so I, I've never really had the experience of really longing to have it, that old thing back mm-hmm. but when I listen to the song it's like damn and it's just jazzy and it's bluesy and it's gospel at the same time. Mm-hmm. You just feel what he's going through. You could just you could just feel him totally. Then of course there's feel like making love, mm-hmm. untitled, devil's pie. That's devil's pie. That's another one because it was in Belly and I love Belly. Yes, yes. <laughs> Shout out to Belly. And I love the arrangement and the message and just the the Negro spiritual feel of it. Yeah, those those will be my favorite joints off of Voodoo. Okay, uh, that's a great list. Um, let's see for me, Voodoo, Voodoo. Uh, man, uh, again, it's an incredible album. Um, I would say if I had an almost, you know, it's kind of like you know looking at it, much like with Brown Sugar, you know, trying to pick your favorite is like trying to pick your favorite child. Um, I would say if I had to pick a favorite, it, again to agree with you, actually, uh, send it on. Probably is my favorite. Um. Send it on, and then Spanish joint. Span when Spanish joint comes on, like you gotta move. 
you I don't care yes. what you're doing. Rain. Yeah, you know, you just got you gotta move. You're gonna be moving at your desk if you're in your car. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you're gonna hear it in the background, you're gonna be moving. Um it was just like that. I mean, like if that song is a good feel song. Um and I agree with you with Send It On. Send It On is definitely a song that I think could have made uh Brown Sugar. Um let's see, man. Yeah, it, it's tough, man, because it's like splitting here. So I probably go send it on uh, Spanish joint. Um, damn, I, do I? You know what? Nah, I would probably say the root. Yes, the root. Okay. Um, it's probably my third because uh, he just and like hearing hearing his backstory years later on how that song came about actually made me appreciate it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he talked about, you know, his ability to kind of get over a relationship and then, you know, what he what he what he went through, or whatever like that. And I think really the thing that made me appreciate it really not even was it from a, on a personal aspect, but I think really just as a man, particularly at that time in music, you didn't hear songs like that with guys talking about how they dealt with certain things in, in their relationships and how, how it made them feel. Um and I think D'Angelo kind of like was really ahead of his time as far as putting, really putting it out there and not really worrying about what the public would say or what other people would say or maybe what his boys would say or whatever the case may right. be. Right, right. Um, I thought that was genius by him, man. He he was just like, so I, I he think... He like, I'm, I'm effed up. Yeah, you exactly. Know you know, and... So before I go back into my hoeing thing, <laughs> maybe Lawrence should have listened to The Root before he... No, uh, I'm getting see, off see, that. Look at you. Look. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, I think just to, the, the, to be able to convey that vulnerability, if you will, I thought that was key from D'Angelo. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, and if I'm not mistaken, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he wrote that about his relationship with Angie Stone. Um, Did he? I thought that was before Angie. Or maybe it that was, was. You know what? I have to do. I've, I might have to go to go to my Google machine and check it out. But I thought it was about her. That um, might have been about his daughter's mother. Okay. Okay. So, you know, nonetheless, I think, you know, his his ability to show his vulnerability, if you will, I think, you know, is that's a side that women rarely see. But it's appreciated for me as a man, because, you know, these are the conversations that you have with as a man. These are the conversations that you have with your boys when, you know, when you really, like you said, fucked up in the game and you kind of trying to figure it out. And your boys and you got to have that, that, that special relationship with your boys. Oh, no question. With your boy, they might punch you in the chest and tell you the man to fuck up. <laughs> that will happen. <laughs> that's why. That's why God. See, God know what he be doing. Because if he made me a man, I would have been like, nigga, if you don't shut the fuck up, <laughs> suck that but shit you up. Know, but you know, sometimes you need to hear that. Some, sometimes you need to hear that. Sometimes you also need to have, you know, that that uh, person to, that just to sit there and just that you listen can to. Yeah, exactly. right. Sit there and listen right. to. And, and to hear that on record, I think was was very key for D'Angelo. So that's that's another reason why I love that song. Um, now, conversely, are there any songs on the Voodoo album that you don't like? If so, why? Again, it's not that I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's just compared to the others, it, it don't give me the chills. You know what I'm saying? It, it don't make my hair rise. And I think the only song that gives me that is The Line. Really? Yeah. I love The Line. I love The Line, too. But for whatever reason, it don't it don't give me that, that spine tingling feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. It just doesn't. But I still love that song. But if I had to 
pick a song that I quote unquote don't like, it would be the line. Um, for me, you know what's funny uh, in doing research for this this podcast, uh, I found that more often people were very critical of left and right, which I found to be crazy to me because that is the jam. Not That's only. A bop. Yeah, exactly. Not only is it bopping, but you got Red Man and Method Man on there. Come on, man. I mean, like, you know, and one of the things that like you over there dick teasing, I'm leaving. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, I mean, and and really back in that particular time, you know, Red and Meth were, you know, really, really rising as far as their stardom in hip hop. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this album has, I don't even want to say it has a hip hop feel, if you will, but Devil's Pie was produced by. DJ premiere so you know that in and of itself you look at this album and you're like okay D'Angelo you know produced this album made this album but the lone other than um, excuse me other than Raphael, Raphael Sadiq uh, premiere is the only other producer on the album besides D'Angelo um, so that in and of itself gave it if you will a quote unquote hip hop feel so I didn't have a problem with uh, left and right um, the only song like I said if I'm splitting hairs here uh, right. The only song that I would say that, it, much like, you know, Higher, it was the song that I got a chance to appreciate probably in the last two or three years is Africa. Um, oh, I, that hits me in my feet. I get it now. I don't think I got it back then when the album came out in 2000. Yeah. Um, but I get it and understand it now. And this out, this song actually, I think... This is one of the songs on the album. If you look, if like if you if you sequence D'Angelo's albums, this I think is a perfect lead-in into you know his most recent release. So yeah, and uh, with Black Messiah, I think it's like the perfect mixture of the two albums. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, it truly is, uh, and I love Black Messiah as well. I mean, it's, it's an I bought it on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I love that album. You bought it on vinyl. You only have record player. I do, I do, I do have one. I do have one, and my daddy taught me how to use it like last year, because <laughs> wow. I didn't know how to use it. You, that is so millennial. You <laughs> didn't know how to use a record player, girl. I, I got just, stories about record players, man. I didn't know that there was had. like seeds on the side. Man, that you had I, my mom sure. almost killed me because I tried to scratch her Stevie Wonder record, <laughs> the Hotter Than July That's record. Right yeah, I was, I was trying to like literally, you know, because like. Scratching was something new in hip hop for us. You tried to be grandmaster. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah, I saw somebody scratching records, so you you know you had to put the had to put the penny on the needle, had to play it, and then you know just put something soft on it so you could do the backspin. Yeah, I was trying to scratch my mom. Almost <laughs> choked me out, man. <laughs> trying to scratch up a Stevie Wonder record, and I don't know how you could scratch up. A What's Stevie her name record. on the record? Um, no, her name wasn't on the record, but I you know is it you? Here's the thing. Because like with my with my mom and dad. My dad got his records oh, and it got no. his name on it, and my mama <laughs> got her records and it got her name on it. No, my my we 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 had my parents had a vast collection of records, so you could play the music and they they encouraged me and my brother to play and listen to the music that they had, but you know you just couldn't mess it up. So you had to if you were gonna play it, you could play it, but you just couldn't scratch the record. And so mm-hmm. when she heard the scratching, all she thought was like, you're like, she literally thought I was scratching. You're ruining her record. Her yeah, record. like I'm ruining her, ruining her record. So, um, but yeah, you know, shout out to Stevie Wonder. <laughs> but no, nah, I'm not. I, I think, like I said, Africa, I think was a, was a song that I really got a chance to appreciate a little bit more once I got older and, and it's, it's grown with me. But I, 
it's the one I don't even want to say I dislike it. It's it's my least of my favorites. I'll put it like that because everything on here is a favorite, but um, it's it's the least of my favorites. So I think that's probably the best way that I can put it. Um, I tell you what, let's take a commercial break. Uh, we'll hear from D'Angelo during the break, and then when we come back on the other side, <clears throat> we're actually going to break this thing down. We're gonna, you know, kind of give our definitive answers as to which album was better uh, based on the musical content, the production. excuse me and the overall longevity of these albums so sit back relax uh we'll like i said take a quick commercial break and we'll be back on the other side hold tight um let's talk about untitled Mm -hmm. because that was the one that kind of took it there Mm -hmm. um it was all good i i think a lot has been made about uh me reacting to or, or me, the, the, you know, be, being negative to the reaction of that video, mm-hmm. and it really, it really wasn't that, you know, it's, it's too too big a deal has been made out of that, and it really wasn't that as much as it. I think, in a lot of ways, it would it would bother me, a lot of times, uh, live when. We were touring for Voodoo, and I had this amazing band, the Soultronics. Mm-hmm. Questlove was a drummer. Mm-hmm. Pino, of course, I had the incomparable Roy Hargrove on, on mm-hmm. trumpet, and Frank Lacey on trombone. Um, just an outstanding band, and we were doing this amazing stuff musically. And uh, a lot of times, the the, the crowd or the the a lot of the ladies were just screaming, take it off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of felt like, uh, like, um, you know, for lack of a better uh, thing, like a, a a male stripper, you know what I mean? You felt, you felt, or I expected to, to be that, you know yeah. what I mean? You felt objectified. Objectified, I mean. I, Which is what women feel every day. That's not, that's not I wasn't mad at that. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know, funny. It, 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 I, I think that I'm a serious artist. Yeah. So it's a it's a fine line to to walk that. And, but you know, I accept that. I mean, this is the yeah. This is the realm that we're in. And just like that, we are back. Uh, it's your boy Twelve Kyle. Twelve Kyle podcast. Got my girl Janae in the building, and we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> Brown Sugar versus Voodoo, uh, two classic masterpieces from D'Angelo, and we, we, we're just gonna chop it up. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, um, we're gonna break it down and make a case uh, for which album that we think is the best based on the categories. Again, musical content, uh, the production, and the longevity of the album. Um, so the musical content. Let's let's start there. Why do you think the musical content on uh, voodoo was better than brown sugar because he just talked about the things that he talked about usually in R&B <clears throat> of course you got the sex songs mm-hmm. you got the love songs you got the heartbreak songs and whatever but with voodoo you have those songs you have the love songs you have the le- the sex songs but then you also have songs about greed mm-hmm. and the things that people do for money mm-hmm. you know 
and what you what they the things that the horrible things that they would do for the quote unquote devil's pie. Mm. Woman would sell her body for it. Niggas would kill each other <laughs> in the street for it. You know, people would sell their souls just for whatever material, you know, thing that that isn't good for you. You know, <clears throat> it talks about greed. It talks about origins, like we talked about Africa earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know how we don't even truly know who we are. Mm. We, we come from this land that's that's not made for us. Facts. You know? <laughs> But we are from Africa. We are of African descent. We are the closest reflection of God. Mm. We are from kings and queens, and we come from love. You know what I'm saying? And what 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 albums even back then? This is true. Do you know talk talk about such a deep subject like that? Mm. You know it's so. And then you got the party songs like Chicken Grease. Yes. <laughs> Which you got, you got to move. You got to move. You got, you got to move. Spanish joint, you got to move. And then you know, you got, you got your little shit talking songs like Player Player, mm. <laughs> whatever. Great intro like, to the album too, by the way. Right. So it, it it covers so many, you know, situations in life. Not just love, not just sex, but just everything that you deal with in life. Okay. That's that's why that's why I think voodoo voodoo covers that more than brown sugar does to me okay um you you made some great points uh a very strong case for for uh for voodoo i'm gonna go brown sugar over voodoo uh i think this album well first and foremost i think you got to kind of go back i i think you have to look at the landscape of what was out back then um and then you kind of kind of come forward but you know really on this album D'Angelo really kind of touches a little bit of everything um, and I think when you look at some of the songs like you, you broke some of the songs down uh, you look at we, we mentioned when we get by you can hear you know the you know I, I hear like a little bit of Ray Charles you know right it's kind of upbeat but it's kind of gospely a little bit in a way yes. um, but it's got but it's got it, the word I like to use swoon <laughs> yes, it makes you swoon, and you know what no, he's you shimmy your shoulders a little bit. Exactly, you know it's and it's uplifting as far as what he's talking about. Uh, you know, and I will even go back to cruising. Um, again, it's a Smokey Robinson song, and really, it was a like you you mentioned at the top. He took risk, and this I think was a risk because. Is certain people in R and B you can't cover because you can't out sing them or or or, or one up them or do better than what they did on on their original song. Right, and just leave it alone. Just leave exactly. It alone. So you know, ain't a lot of people touching Smokey Robinson, who arguably is one of the greatest wrong songwriters in the history of music. Um, you know, so Smokey had his lane, and really for him to to to, to give the okay for D'Angelo to do this, and then for D'Angelo to come through was even bigger i think and then when you listen like the cosigns d'angelo get exactly. that's that says exactly something. exactly i mean like when d'angelo said that he was friends with prince i mean like you you don't need any more you don't need to know anything else nope um but i think really even in this even in that particular song he kept the in- integrity of the song um you know but he still kind of lifted the track to the next level if you will um mm-hmm. brown sugar again uh, like I said, depending on who you ask, is the the song is a, a ode to women or to marijuana or maybe both. Um, higher, 
it's you know higher really d'angelo said you know what man the hell with this i'm gonna take y'all to church <laughs> <laughs> and he took us to church you know he closed out the album you know taking us y'all to church. Need saving. yeah i'm gonna save y'all and and he talked about you know the spiritual love of god and then the carnal love of a woman and it's very similar to you know when you're talking about love and spirituality and sensuality and sexuality very very similar to prince um you know and, and i think when you listen to this album if you close your eyes and listen to this album you know and if you're if you're a fan of prince i think you can hear prince like you literally can hear prince. you can literally Most hear definitely. prince um and then i take a song like all right you know where he's talking about you know the consequences of a relationship and you know dealing with you know secure uh, insecurities uh, and then obviously, you know, shit damn motherfucker. I mean, like, first and foremost, who makes a Snap. song called shit damn motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, who, who would? First and foremost, Jane. just on the strength of the title alone. Um, you, gotta- you know, but it's, it's a dark tale about, you know, infidelity. And, you know, I, I remember it was perfectly placed in um, uh, The Best Man, the movie The Best Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're familiar with that story, you remember that scene when they played. Sure do. <laughs> sure do. When that thing came on, dun, 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 I was like, "Oh shit!" And that song cracks me up because he was like, "Why are you bleeding so much? Yeah, why are you bleeding <laughs> like, so much? Like, like you really, I, like I just you really killed y'all. just murder y'all. <laughs> like, why are you bleeding? <laughs> my handcuffs. Like y'all tripping? <laughs> yeah, my my best friend and my wife. Come on, man. Nah, and and. You know, Got a chip. it makes have- you, yeah, yeah, and it makes you it think makes- like, okay, if I could, I could and would kill a motherfucker. <laughs> I definitely would. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that right there gives me the 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 that's that's where I'm with as far as the you know the musical content. Uh, you know, as far as what D'Angelo was singing about and his lyrics on that, um, like I can't even be mad at you because I freaking love this album. <laughs> <laughs> I care to be like, no, no, no. Da, 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 da. And, and I you, can't like same, same thing with you, same thing with you. I, I agree, I agree totally. I love Crush Sugar. <laughs> um, so the production, um, what, what do you what do you think about the production of Voodoo as opposed to the production of Brown Sugar? Now, again, it took me a few years to mm-hmm. appreciate Voodoo. Mm-hmm. So as adult Janae, where I, the reason why I think the, the production on Voodoo is better, while the production isn't as like, quote unquote, clean mm-hmm. as brown sugar, it has a way of being more complex, but simplistic at the same time. Mm. And, and I think that's, that's genius to me. And I could just appreciate it. Like with, with Voodoo, like when people talk about D'Angelo and when I say people, I'm talking about like musical geniuses, mm-hmm. like people who do, who, who live, breathe music. Mm-hmm. They always refer to Voodoo first. And when I was, and when I was like listening, I always, I always wanted to know why. Like brown sugar is the shit. Like why? <laughs> like I low key felt mad that they was like low key disrespected brown sugar. Like why? Right. But then when I got older, I had to listen. Like why do these musicians like Eric Clapton and and Prince and you know all these Stevie Wonder? Why do they always revere Voodoo so much? And when I listened to it, I could see why. 
and it, it's just genius. Like the musicianship, you got Questlove, Dilla. Mm, yes. It's, it the 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 sound is just funkier. It it, it hits you it, it, in a way that's like it's, it's grittier, it's funkier. It's it's like an elevated sound and it's plush, but it's stripped. Like it's like how do how do you how do you do that? Like how do you purposely misplay an instrument? Mm, yes. Make sound that's crazy dope. to me. Like what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like uh the, the jazz cuts in between the songs and like the diff again, like the different phases that it takes you through, uh that it takes you through throughout the album. It's like Listening to Voodoo, it's like if you ever wanted to be like a fly on the wall in like a jam session mm. with like some of the greatest <laughs> musicians ever. If you if you just ever wanted to be in a room and just listen to Prince and all his band just go off mm-hmm. for like two hours. If you just ever wanted to be that Voodoo, listening to Voodoo is like the closest experience right. to get into that. You know what? I man that that and I, and again it's like splitting hairs because I, I i i can't like disagree <laughs> with i can't disagree with anything you said um but i just want to touch on a couple points i think you you hit the nail on the head like hearing quest love talk about how d'angelo told him how he wanted him to play the drum and how he wanted it to sound that was amazing to me like who does that you know like Ooh. Who does that? <laughs> who do, who says, okay, I want you to play it like this, but drag it. Yeah, but drag it. Drag it. Make it sound funny. Like and I want you to sound drunk. When Quest talked about it, he just you know, he, he was he was amazed. You know, so I think that was special. Um I you hit the nail on the head. This album really sounds like a jam session. Like it sounded like they just went in the studio and just recorded and it was just and it wasn't even like they were you know trying to make songs like it was just they just jammed and jammed and jammed for hours that's what this album sounds like i i i, I couldn't agree more um man you you, you killed it on that <laughs> I, I don't really not really too much i can say um <laughs> i'm sorry Kyle. i will say uh as far as brown sugar's production um what is so impressive to me about this is that D'Angelo said that he wrote the majority of this album in his bedroom in Richmond where he grew up or whatever. That's um, crazy. He said all of the demos were done on a four track. So that's why it sounds clean. You, you use the keyword clean. Voodoo mm-hmm. sounds dirty. And I heard D'Angelo re- reference that in an interview. And he was like, man, this is he's a, it's a dirty ass album. And he's right. It is dirty. It sounds dirty. And I don't mean dirty in a bad way. I mean dirty in a good way. And if you understand music, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Voodoo right. is a dirty ass album. And I love it. And it just, from the start, it sounds kind of grimy and just dirty. And I think like he... Like if he was the child that loved playing in mud. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's Voodoo. Voodoo is like point. playing in mud and you just love it. Exactly. I, I think Brown Sugar is, is very clean. It's, it's very, you know, and again, if he's, he said he did it on a four track, which is crazy to me. Um, but I think this album had a blend of like 70s R&B and had, you know, you know, a little hip hop feel, if you will. Uh, again, like I mentioned, it's produced by, you know, D'Angelo. Um, also, Ali Shaheed Muhammad from A Tribe Called Quest. Uh, mm-hmm. He did Brown Sugar. 
Raphael Sadiq did Lady. Uh, the great Bob Power uh, produced All Right. Me and those dreaming eyes of mine. Shit damn motherfucker. Smooth. Higher. Um, My toes just curled. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that so much. Yes. And, uh, you know, D'Angelo produced, you know, most of the album. Um, I think this album kind of, it's, it's a very good bridge between you know, the seventies musical atmosphere. And then, you know, how we listened to music in the nineties, it, it had an old feel, but it had a new feel as well. Um, and it's easier to listen. It's a very easy listen. Uh, it, as I mentioned earlier, it had elements of Prince, Smokey Robinson, sliding the family stone, um, Curtis Mayfield, you know, these, these were people that, you know, influenced him and you can clearly hear that in his music. So the production, I will say, if I had to to flip a coin, I love the production on this album, but I will a- agree with you. You know, I mean, from Primo to D'Angelo to you know Quest and Jay Dilla, I think Voodoo's production is a because it's dirtier. I think that's better, um, and that's no knock. I, but I think uh, I think I, th- <laughs> I think I think it's slightly better, just slightly better. Um, a little bit. So okay, so the longevity. These albums, as I mentioned at the top, you know, Brown Sugar came out in 1995, uh, Voodoo in 2000. You know, obviously time has passed. Um, you know, h- how will these albums be remembered? And wh- what do you think about the longevity and, you know, the overall take on that album on, on the differences between the two? It's, it's still fresh. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it came out so long ago, but both of those albums just stood the test of time is truly timeless music and with voodoo i think when when folks talk about you know they they, they when i when i say folks i mean like the younger generation mm-hmm. like we, like not too long ago like last week solange put up put up a dedication post to d'angelo for the mm. voodoo wow. the, the anniversary yes, of the yeah, voodoo album. exactly 18 years like, at the time and she was just praising D'Angelo and the Voodoo album so much. And this is coming from, you know, Solange, who just had a landmark al- album herself. Like, A Seat at the Table is Facts. phenomenal. Facts. And then you have another uh, another one of my favorite artists. Um, he's a young artist, but I've known him for years. But he's, he's a young BJ, the Chicago kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. He put out, like, two years ago, he put out a whole tribute mixtape to Voodoo. Wow. Like he redid like a couple of the songs on Voodoo and he slayed it. Like, wow. like you know how when we talked about how D'Angelo, you can hear his influences, but it doesn't sound like he's biting. Mm-hmm. BJ did the same thing with D'Angelo. I like. I got to go back and listen. I like BJ. Yeah, you could tell D'Angelo is one of his major influences. But it doesn't sound like he's imitating D'Angelo. Okay. And it's it's perfect. And again, like when people mention D'Angelo, the first thing that they mention is Voodoo. Mm. The first album that, that comes out of their mouth is Voodoo and the praise that they give. And if you if you watch uh the documentary that uh that D'Angelo had that went with the Voodoo album and show like the making of it. Mm-hmm. And it had a uh, quest. It had uh, no. It didn't have quest love in it. It had Q Tip in it. Eric Clapton was in it. Mm. Chris Rock was in it. Rick Rubin was in it. 
and D'Angelo was in the studio and he was just playing the album for them and they were literally having like orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eric Clapton was like, oh my God, I can't take this. Is, is the whole album like this? I can't take much more. He was just sitting there vibing. Q-Tip was like having secret meditation on the couch. Like he, he was just zoning out. Wow. Chris Rock was just oh, vibing. Was, <laughs> <laughs> was clowning to talk about. Like this just reminded him of his country ass uncle. <laughs> <laughs> he told Rick Rubin, he was like, Rick, I don't think you understand how country this shit is. Right. But the look on his face, like he was just into it and loving it. And I don't, I see people loving brown sugar, but I don't see them having the passion that they do with brown sugar as when they speak about voodoo. And I think the longevity voodoo just it just lasts longer. Okay. I just, if I'm putting it right. No, you no, you you're perfect. You're perfect. Um, I think. Well, I th- I think there's something to what you said, and I think part of that is because you know for the longest, you know, voodoo was the last thing we had. We we didn't think, yes. we, didn't think we were yes. getting anything else. So and so I understand why people. Hey, we got let's think about it. We got an album from Sade before we got another album from <laughs> D'Angelo. And at this rate, we're going. We don't know when. And I'm hoping and, and uh, hoping and praying that there will be an album soon. Um, yes. But D'Angelo, you know, I heard Quest talk about it. You know, he, he works on his own time. And I understand it. You know, true musicians, you know, they, they can't be bound by a clock. So I get it. Um, right. They ain't microwaves. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You just ain't going to put them in the studio and say, hey, make it make it happen. Um, I'll say this about Brown Sugar. Um, you got to, again, you kind of got to go back. One of the reasons why I think the, the longevity of Brown Sugar will always stand is that you have to go back to and ingratiate yourself into the time when brown sugar came out and then kind of move yourself forward up until today um i think brown sugar really for one it birthed if you will neo soul um his debut you know was like i said the introduction to neo soul before that came out um before you know we mentioned uh, maxwell earlier uh with his urban hang suite um baduism you know, even if you go into those guys, you know, nobody else had music. What, yeah, music. Oh, death. hell yeah, music's first album. Nobody else was doing what we call quote unquote neo soul. And I think this album, Brown Sugar, really paid homage to, like I said, Curtis Mayfields, the the Princes, the Stevie Wonders, the Donny Hathaways. Um, and again, it paved the way for you know artists like you know a maxwell or jill scott or anthony hamilton gave them you know even someone even as uh, 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 like alicia keys if you will uh gave them a chance to kind of break into the mainstream and you know really kind of carve their own lane if you will um mm-hmm. you know i think and another thing that was great and dope about this album was again it came out in 1995 so it really arrived in the uh golden era of hip-hop so um it helped Deang- it helped the fact that when we saw the like you mentioned you saw the video <laughs> D'Angelo looked hip hop you know he had baggy clothes he had the cornrows you know he he didn't when you heard him talk um you know and, and D'Angelo notoriously does not do a lot of interviews so if you get a chance to hear him talk you you might want to sit down and listen cuz he he ain't going to talk a lot and he ain't going to talk to a lot of people um mm-hmm. But, you know, he looked like a rapper, if you will. Like, if you saw D'Angelo on the street back in 1995 when this album came out, he looked like a rapper. But his music really, you know, 
was so much different and really had an impact. And it dominated the airwaves when it came out. Like this album was, this is when ra- <laughs> this is when radio stations didn't play just ten songs, right? <laughs> yeah. So when Brown Sugar arrived, I mean, like you know, at that particular time, top forty was pretty much you know centered toward hip hop, and it broke through and created a, an entire lane. Um, and you know, D'Angelo didn't necessarily you know deviate from his quote unquote hip hop roots, if you will. But I think this album was the perfect blend between, you know, that particular rap era and old soul. And it kind of meshed together. Um, I think Brown Sugar was a masterpiece. Um, I think, you know, he really, because he didn't look like everybody else, because he didn't sound like everybody else, he was really trying to go against the grain. But one of the things that I love about him was that this album was so so low key like this is this album is on some cool it was out smooth yeah oh it was smooth as hell this this, this is an album that in 1995 you want to play when the young lady comes to the crib you know what i'm saying because you can't you can't play biggie all night you know what i'm saying you you can't play depends Wu-Tang. on what kind of chick you got in the house <laughs> well well you know what she i'll probably, put it like this she probably can't get on until she hear "Ooh, baby i like it raw I, some women <laughs> you can't <laughs> Maybe not. You got it out. Yeah. Well, I'll put it like this: the young ladies that I was bringing to the well, okay. Well, let, let me clarify. I wasn't married at the time. <laughs> please, please, please verify. Uh, I wouldn't get myself in trouble. Um, but yeah. So, uh, nah. I think if, at that particular time, I think that music, you know, was just really, really. It was a good blend between hip hop and the old soul, and it was just a. It was a, I, again. I call it. A, I call both of them masterpieces. But um, I think the thing that, you know, really you and, and you really feel about this album is that it really speaks to the soul um, is very his he's he's very sincere in his lyrics. Um, I think this album is very instrumental and it's very warm, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And I think ultimately I read something in, in doing the research and I think this is a perfect quote. It said brown sugar is was is grown folks music it just happened to be made by a 21 year old i think that's yeah. the best thing that i can say about this album i mean it it, ex, it it exuded that and um so yeah that's why i think it's slightly better when it comes to you know the longevity but again i and i, I could i could understand mm-hmm. that because with brown sugar again it's an easier listen mm-hmm. so if I were to introduce my little cousins to D'Angelo, it would be easier for me to play Brown Sugar than Voodoo. Right. If I was to introduce them to Voodoo straight off the bat, they would look at me so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I could, I could, I could see how how Brown Sugar would have like a, a better longevity. And, and you know what's funny because that. When I asked you about doing this podcast, that's the first thing that you said. You was like, it's an easier listen, but you said voodoo is better, and you said why. And so I was like, okay, we got to do this podcast because I, <laughs> I had the idea, and I was kicking around the idea for a while, and I was like, mm-hmm. and then it's funny because I, I remember we had talked about, we, it seemed like we had talked about um, Black Messiah ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> when it came out, listen. Oh my gosh, we were on the album and so then, hard. And then right, and then right after that, to Pimp a Butterfly came out. Yes, I was just in my heaven. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That, that and you was, know what? 
great music. And what I and what I would like in these two albums, like for any, for any like real real young people that's listening, if they could like relate it to anything, Brown Sugar is like Good Kid City, mm. and Voodoo is like To Pimp a Butterfly. Perfect, perfect. To Pimp a Butterfly. <laughs> when people first heard it. Oh, quite a few people wasn't into it because they were expecting a good kid mad city part two mm-hmm. and when they got this g funk jazzy you know i love myself right. it's like wait a minute this ain't poetic justice this right. ain't backseat freestyle like what the what the f is this like exactly. you know they, they didn't have a it took them a while to get a deeper appreciation for it and that's kind of like how i was when voodoo came out i'm like this ain't me and my dream and eyes of mine this ain't this ain't cruising. This ain't brown. Like what the? What but once the, you heard it, I can't get jiggy with this shit. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if I could, if I could compare it to to the youngsters that's listening, it, you it's kind of like that. You, you go. gotta with, with voodoo. It 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 it's, it's like an onion. It has it has layers. You know, okay. it takes a minute. It's an acquired taste. It's a very very much. A it's an acquired taste. And, and you know, I think that's the the beauty of these albums is that, like I, I mentioned before, I think both of them are masterpieces. But I think ultimately, you know, like for me, they they've grown with me over a period of time. And the great thing that I love about these albums is that, like, I never get tired of listening to them. Like, I literally, and and I've gotten to a point probably within the last two years where, when I listen to these albums, I never listen to one without the other. Um, I just don't. And so I've gotten into a point where now, even in the last year, I will literally listen to these albums at least twice a month, at least with all of the music that I consume at least twice a month. Uh, When I knew we were doing this podcast, I listened to these out. And you know what's great about these albums, Janae, is that like I I get something out of these albums each time that I listen to it. It might be a drum kick. It might be something. It might be a verse. It might be something that I heard. Like like with me, it was bass. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. Like, I would get chills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And I mean, it's just, it's always something small. So, you know, for those of you listening, if you haven't done so, um, you know, when you finish listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor Listen to both albums um, and Black Messiah and Black Messiah. Yeah. Complete the trifecta because Black <laughs> Messiah kind of bookends, like Janae said, it kind of blends the, the two together and you get a better understanding of where, you know, D'Angelo is and was musically. Um, uh, before we get out of here, Janae, you know, uh, anything you want to tell the people, you want to tell the people where they can find you, if they want to holler at you, talk music or chop it up. Um. No, I'm like the Angelo between 2000 and 2014. I'm in the woods. I'm fat, and I don't want to be bothered. Oh, <laughs> you know, but you know, my, my Twitter handle is Anise Janae, A N N I C E J A N A E. Um, so you know, my my page ain't private, so you know, you can follow whatever. There you go. There Look at my random tweets. I don't be talking about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just talk about music, sports, whatever's popping on the timeline. I ain't got no podcast or whatever. I'm barely on my YouTube channel now. You got to get back on the YouTube channel. I, you know what, Kyle? I have to be inspired. Okay. You know what? I'm like D'Angelo. I'm not a microphone. <laughs> I'm so, not so a So there's microphone. no new Trey Songs albums that come out that's coming out that, that you need to break no, down? No, he put, he put out an album last year. I enjoyed it. I talked about it a, a little bit, and then you know, 
I went in my little, what is it called? Sabbatical? Is that the word? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what that is? You know, yeah, big that, words? There you go. You know, I went to community college and I dropped out. So you got to like, you know, forgive me. <laughs> you know, I know I know big words, but I'm not quite sure the meaning. All you so got to do I is know when out, to use them. That's it. <laughs> when I come out there. As long as you know when to use them, that's all that matters. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, outside of that, no, this this has been so much fun. No doubt, so no much doubt. fun. Well, you, we definitely, definitely enjoy having you here on the podcast. Always welcome to she, come back and chop it up. You having me? Oh man, like I said, I when I saw your tweet, I was like, the light bulb went off. I was like, Yo, Janae would be perfect for this because because I I have ideas for podcasts. And sometimes I, well, I'm going to say sometimes, a lot of times I write them down and I had, and I emailed myself, you know, this stuff. I was like, okay, I can do this food. But I was like, no, I don't want to do this by myself. I got to get somebody else to do it. But it's got to be somebody that can appreciate both albums. And I saw your tweet. I was like, boom, Janae, perfect. (laughs) Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. So, yeah. um, So, yeah. Thank you for listening to the 12 Kyle podcast. As always, you guys know where to find me. You've been listening this long, so you know where the hell to find me. Uh, Nonetheless... (laughs) Uh, that's going to do it for us. So for my homegirl, Janae, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Billy, Bye. what up, Eagles? Let's go. <laughs> we gone, man. Peace.